In today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, boy was it a wacky Sunday. The Raiders get blown out. The Niners practice squad won. Jared Goff malfunctioned. The Broncos didn't even start a quarterback. What in the world happened in Week 12? All that coming up on Sports Talk from the Crib. Can somebody get Tom Brady a walker? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. Boy, was it a wacky Sunday. We'll get all the Week 12 takeaways from this past Sunday. But first, we're going to get into the scores and recap of what exactly happened. Falcons beat the Raiders 43-6. Derek Carr had four turnovers, including three fumbles. What in the world happened there to the Raiders, who we had thought all were on the rise with their good matchups against the Chiefs? But anyways, Bills 27, Chargers 17. Bills stay in first in the AFC East of record of 8-3. Giants beat the Bengals by a final of 19-17. They are now first in the NFC East at a 4-7 record. Titans beat the Colts 45-26, led by Derrick Henry. 27 carries, 178 yards, 3 touchdowns. You know the second half of the season, he is going to wear you out and enter beast mode. And now, the Vikings beat the Panthers late, 28-27. Kirk Cousins, 307 yards and three touchdowns. The Patriots beat the Arizona Cardinals by a final 20-17. The Dolphins went to those New York winless Jets and beat them 20-3. The Jets are now 0-11 on the year. Browns beat the Jaguars 27-25, led by Nick Chubb again. 19 carries, 144 yards, and one touchdown. Saints beat the Broncos by a final of 31-3. And they started somebody by the name of Kendall Hilton. from the He was a wide receiver on the practice squad. Those poor Broncos, they didn't even have a quarterback for the game. 49ers defeat the Rams in an upset by a final of 23-20. No Jared Goff malfunction there again. My goodness, somebody give him a new chip. Chiefs beat the Buccaneers 27-24, led by Pat Mahomes, 462 yards and three touchdowns. The Packs beat the Bears on Sunday night by a final of 41-25, led by Aaron Rodgers, 211 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. So let's talk about those Raiders first. I really want to do this one first on the topic because this team makes you a believer we all thought they were a believer in the AFC, a believer to get the wild card because they won against the Chiefs. They handed the Chiefs their only loss earlier in the year. And last Sunday night, they looked like a team that can only beat the Chiefs to match them with that offensive power. And, you know, give the Chiefs a run for the money, possibly in the first round matchup in the playoffs. And they went into Atlanta. And laid an egg. Literally. Like, how do you score six points against a Falcon team that's fired their head coach, that's fired their GM, that is had a horrible game this last week versus New Orleans and going up against Taysom Hill, 
wasn't even Drew Brees. They lost that game. But they're able to blow the Las Vegas Raiders out by a final 43-6. It wasn't even close. Derek Carr, who were praising, having a great year. Great offensive weapons now. And they can't run the ball. And he fumbled three times himself and threw an interception. I was almost ready to hop on that bandwagon too with the Raiders as a believer. And I'm glad I didn't. I almost did it. I'm glad I didn't because that is pathetic. That is pure pathetic. John Gruden, the whole entire team to be ashamed of themselves. I go and lose to a team that doesn't even care about their winning or losing. And it's so mediocre this season. Atlanta Falcons are horrible. They're horrible. And they go and get beat by 37 against the freaking Atlanta Falcons. They can't even move the ball on them. Oh, my goodness. But speaking about, you know, a believer, I hopped on the Rams. They were the team I picked to hop on because their dominant performance against the Bucks and that defense and everything about the Rams I said, as long as Jared Goff, the robot to Sean McVay, doesn't malfunction, the Rams are a team that could be a little scary going into the playoffs, could be a little scary in that NFC West, may come out on top against Seattle, may not. They're going to get that wild card. And what happened the very next game? The very next game where I mentioned all that, guess what happened? The Rams lost. Now, it was to the Niners, but the Niners don't even have a team this year. Everybody's from the practice squad. Nick Mullen started at quarterback. They don't have anybody on defensive line. Their offensive line. The running backs are all out. The secondary's out. Like, there's n- everybody is on IR for the Niners, or they're on some kind of list. They're not playing. <laughs> Debo Samuel actually got back on the field. Mostart got back on the field, so they had a couple returns. But that never did that cross my mind that Nick Mullins was going to beat the Rams. The Rams lost by three points against the Niners. Against a bunch of practice squad type guys. Uh, in a division where they could take the lead in a conference where they could get move closer to the playoffs and they malfunctioned. Because Sean McVay and Jared Goff, it's just, it, you got to give him a new chip. His chip was wearing out. That's what I want everybody to notice. Because Sean McVay radios in every play to Jared Goff. Jared Goff is his little puppet. He tells him exactly what to do and when to do it because Jared Goff can't do it himself. He's programmed Jared Goff just to listen to him. And when that chip goes bad, he can't hear him. Because if 15 seconds or less on the clock, you can't. the radio signal goes off. And that's what happens to Jared Goff. When that happens, he is not a very good quarterback. He immediately goes back at being that first overall pick that was Jeff Fisher. He goes back into that tunnel. And for some reason, this can't play. He goes back to being that first overall bust that he was under that first year there with Jeff Fisher. Before Sean McVay got there and inserted that chip in him, he got to insert a new chip there. And he's a robot. 
he malfunctions. Sometimes you got to reprogram him, do a little update, and he's back to normal. I mean, there he is again. 198 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. That was Goff's numbers on the day. Now, they have lost to the Niners four straight times. So, they do have their problem against the Niners. But they're playing with their entire backup squad. You should be able to beat them no matter what. Even though it is a divisional game. And you haven't won much against them. But, that's what I'm saying. Next week, Jared Goff's going to get a new chip. It's going to be updated there for Sean McVay. And tell him exactly what to do at all times during the game. Just hits a button and Jared Goff does it. It's like playing Madden. You hit the A button for this guy. You hit the X, if you're playing on Xbox anyway, hit the X for the for the guy outside. Like that's what Sean McVay tells him to do. He hits the button and Jared Goff's arm does it. And when it's not working right, this is what happens. <laughs> so now the next topic we're going to talk about is Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They lost again to the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes was just insane. Now you look at the final box score, like, whoa, 27-24. You know, Bucks had two TDs late to get back in the game. But it really just wasn't a game. The Chiefs really let the ball to get, you know, let their foot off the gas and let's let Pat Mahomes do his thing. But Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, a team that I've still this, I want to say they're good and they look good on paper, but they just haven't played well these last four games at all. And Bruce Arians seems to keep calling out Tom Brady in the media. But when you really look at this game, again, the games that the Bucks win, they run the ball well. They play good defense. They're not throwing the ball every single play. And when they decide to throw the ball every single play and try to act like the Kansas City Chiefs and try to act like Pat Mahomes is their quarterback, and now a 43-year-old Tom Brady who has a walker on the sidelines ready to grab it because he's not going to be able to move because the offensive line is going to get him killed and not able to walk again, this is what happens. You lose ball games. They are now 1-3 in the last four games. Now, the schedule got a little rougher in here. They can't seem to beat a f- above 500 team. And Tom Brady now has thrown seven picks in the last four games. He's on a 10 on the year. So Tom Brady, in this Bruce Arians offense, it's not him. Where's the run game? Where's the play-action calls? None of that happens. He's dropping back the pass almost 70% of the time. That would be the most in his career. So is that Tom Brady ball? No, it is not. Antonio Brown on this game. Where is he? Two catches, 11 yards. Mike Evans only had three catches. But he scored those final two touchdowns. But that was at the fourth quarter when things didn't really matter. The game was already in hands. For the most part. Like... What has happened to this Tampa Bay Buccaneer team? I keep wanting to say they're hanging on. But is this really it? Can they savage their own season? And I really do think they can. I think they can get that wild card spot. And if you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. But can they fix this? Yes, I still think they can fix this. Go back to a run game. You don't have to have... A.B., Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, all out there on every single play the whole entire game. One of them's got to go sit down on the bench. Get the ground and pound going. Ronald Jones is a decent big back. Leonard Fournette's a big back. 
Why is Leonard Fournette continuing to be the receiving running back? This guy is a between-the-tackle type runner. Same with Ronald Jones. Why not use him in that way? But in reality is, though, I'm saying all this. I'm talking about that Bruce Arians, Byron Leffitt's game plan that doesn't seem to make any damn sense. But Tom Brady is old. He is just like Peyton Manning at the end of his career. He doesn't have the arm strength, doesn't have those pinpoint, you know, accuracy anymore. So make it life easier. Don't have him throw almost 50 times a game all the time. Let him run the ball. Let Tom Brady run the offense the way he wants to run it. Not this deep ball game when he can't have the arm straight to get it there. Why have him do it? If he no longer has the arm strength. Mike Evans is going to win that one-on-one battle most of the time. And Tony Brown can do it too. Yes. But when it's 20 plus yards down the field. Eh, can Tom Brady get it there? No. Like that's the problem. They lost this game in the first quarter. Let's get into that defense. In the first quarter. And for the majority of this game. This Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense was playing man-to-man. Who does the Kansas City Chiefs have out there, a wide receiver? Who is, what's his name? Oh, Tyreek Hill? He wears number 10. He's one of the fastest, if not the fastest, wide receiver in the game and the, and the fastest person in the whole NFL. Why are you lining him up man-to-man in press coverage? All you got to do is just... All he has to do is just run by him. And that's what he did. He had over 200 receiving yards in the first quarter alone. He finished the game with 13 catches, 269 yards, and three touchdowns. Somebody call the ambulance. There's a lot of people that need some help out there on that Tampa Bay secondary. They're all hurt. They all need some, you know, go to the hospital. It was insane. The, I can't believe they were playing a man-to-man. With the fastest guy in the NFL. I feel bad for those corners out there. Out there, you know, by himself on an island. You rotate the coverage over. If you're going to play like that, you have to rotate the coverage over. You have to rotate the safety constantly over the top. Wherever Tyreek Hill is, that's where you go. Double team him. And when you let that MVP, Pat Mahomes, all the time in the world in the pocket to throw the ball, you know what he's going to do. He's going to carve you up 462 yards in those three touchdowns. They all went to Tyreek Hill. That was a matchup they loved. Travis Kelsey is a beast in himself. And those are your offensive weapons. They were like, we're just going to throw the ball all over this secondary. Because we're going to line up a man. Screw running the ball. All of our guys can beat the one-on-one matchups. They don't have a chance. And that's exactly what happened. But can this Bucks team, I'm tired of the kind of defending them, you know? Can they rebound? Can they savage their season? I still think the answer is yes. But it is hanging on barely. This is their, by a, by one finger here. Like They have to play better on both sides of the ball. They have 
to stop with being big-headed and being all in their schemes and stuff and just play to win the game. You play to win the game. Famous Herman Herman Edwards uh, quote. Play the game. Look at your opponent. Win ugly. If you win the game, you're getting a W, not an L. Tom Brady cannot drop back and pass the ball 50, almost 50 times a game. End of story. End of story. So let's jump into this next topic. The Denver Broncos played the game Sunday against the Saints without a quarterback. Yes. Without a quarterback. All four quarterbacks were put on the reserve COVID-19 list, which included Drew Locke, their starter, and... Some guy by the name of Kendall Hilton started for the Denver Broncos. He was a wide receiver on their practice squad. He plays some quarterback there. He did play quarterback at Wake Forest. And, yep, he was their quarterback. He finished the game with one of nine, 13 yards, two interceptions. Yes, you read that right. Yes, you heard that right. <laughs> um... Two interceptions and one completion. So on the day, the Denver Broncos finished with more interceptions than completions. Like, how, you know, with the NFL and the way they're making all these moves and stuff with COVID and canceling games, rescheduling games and all this stuff. Now you're getting late in the year where the bye weeks are taken up, so you can't do that anymore. But how are you going to let a team play without a quarterback? They even tried to get their, I think it was their offensive control coach or, or something. Yes, a coach. They asked the NFL if they could have the coach play quarterback because at least he knew the plays. And, of course, that didn't work. The NFL said, no, you can't do that. So they threw this kid out there. I mean, I give him credit for trying, but he had no business being out there playing the quarterback, and they didn't really run the ball. They, only had, they had 100 rushing yards in the day. They should just hand the ball off every single time. But how are you going to let this team play without a quarterback? What's one of the most important positions on the field? It is quarterback. And you just had to play the game and they got, you know, blown out at home because they didn't have a quarterback to play because they're all on the COVID-19 list. Now, the Saints... Our starting Taysom Hill, he didn't throw the ball too much. He was 9 of 16, 78 only passing yards, and threw a pick himself. But when we got Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara in the run game, they, they ran the ball 229 yards. 124 for Murray, Kamara, 54. Taysom Hill did some running himself at for 44 yards and the two rushing touchdowns. That's where his touchdowns came in. So I just don't understand how you can let a team – Play a game without a quarterback. And I know the NFL just wants to get all these games in and out of the way and play no matter what, but damn. I feel a little sorry for the Denver Broncos there. But I guess you can't really because they didn't follow protocols and there it is this and that. And whatever the case was or how that whole situation went down, so be it. You know, Kendall, oh, Kendall Hinton. I keep calling him Hilton. Kendall Hinton, it, I can't even get the name right. That's how bad it was. We don't know who this guy is. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions on one completion. Oh, my goodness. 
Now for the final, you know, topic of the day. The Seahawks play at the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. And there's been a lot of talk now saying that Carson Wentz may get benched for Jalen Hurts. Now the Eagles, like everybody else in the NFCs, are still in it. If they win tonight's game, they'll be first in the division. In the wacky, horrible, no good NFC East. And Carson Wentz has 14 touchdowns, 14 picks. He's played bad. The whole team has played bad. And, you know, it seems like Doug Peterson doesn't really know what he's doing. He gets asked, oh, we, oh are you going best Wentz? Are you going to, you know, put Jalen Hurts in? Are you going to do this? And he seems to switch his mind every day saying, he Wentz is our starter, this. And then he, is it possible Jalen Hurts, you know, plays? And like, yeah. And now he's getting first team reps. He took first team reps this week. Is he going to play? I think he's absolutely going to play. But why put him in there over Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz has struggled. I get it. But you really think Jalen Hurts is going to switch that team around? You didn't. You don't have anybody. They're all hurt. Again. On the offensive side of the ball, everybody's just hurt and not playing. Carson Wentz is trying to play hero ball and he can't do it. And he's making a lot of boneheaded mistakes. This guy was an MVP candidate three years ago. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl for him. And almost got another crazy playoff run and did it again. They chose Carson Wentz to be the $100 million man. And it's just not working. I I just think he has the talent. He has all the talent in the world to do it. I just think he's tired of being the heroic guy and he's just out there saying, screw it, I'm just tossing the ball up. You guys can't block me for me. You can't catch for me. You can't play defense for me. And I just think he's just in one of those modes like, screw it. I'm just going to go down swinging and swinging hard. Striking out. It's like, you know, those uh, baseball players like uh, John Carlos Stanton, they are a strikeout or hit a home run. That seems like what Carson Wentz is going for. And it's making him look worse. But will you actually make this change? There must be somebody in the organization like halfway feels like it and half of them don't. But Doug Peterson feels like it. Who the heck knows? But let's put it this way. I actually think their jobs are on the line. They haven't done well in the draft. I mean, they drafted Jalen Hurst in the second round, a project quarterback. Yeah, he had his moments in Alabama. He had his moment last year with Oklahoma. But he's not the answer. You got to have weapons. You got to play as a team. And Benson Carson Wentz is just going to make matters worse. You can't really get any worse than you have you, you know, how you played this year. But check it out. You got that tie on your record. If you win tonight, you're back in first. So come out and do a crazy win against Seattle and put all those rumors to bed. Carson Wentz, it's this time to shine. You have to shine tonight on Monday Night Football primetime against a primetime team in the Seattle Seahawks to put all these rumors to rest because we know you're a good quarterback. Go out there and do it. Who cares who you're throwing the ball to? Make them great. So we can put all this talk I've heard the last few weeks coming out of Philly and all over the networks about possibly benching Carson Wentz 
and this team that's not being good because the Giants are on the come up playing good. Washington, the football team, and Alex Smith, comeback player of the year, is playing well, and they're winning, and the Cowboys continue to falter. They're, the Eagles are the only team with their actual quarterback. None of the other teams have their... Because Daniel Jones went down yesterday, too. With a hamstring injury, he may be out. So everything is in your favor to do it again. It's like last year. It's time to do it. Put the rumors to rest. Go out there and have a good game. And just stop with the nonsense talk about Jalen Hurts being the starting quarterback in Philly. No way. Don't let that happen. And that's going to do it for today's episode one. Thank you for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Remember to check it out. It's available on all streaming platforms. Check out the official website as well. They're at FeelyHeatEntertainment.com. That's FeelyHeatEnt.com where he posts the, I'll have my weekly scores up there, projections, power rankings, and all-around sports news. So be sure to check out the official website again. They're at FeelyHeatEnt.com as well as the official Instagram and Facebook pages there at Feel the Heat Entertainment. Thanks again, you guys. Much love. Catch you next time.